you know, we've had the opportunity of sitting across the table with people like Stephen Bantubigo. So, you know, one's consciousness and politicization comes from leaders who are very conscious and not about using your voice, but about you and your identity and self of identity. And, and for me, that's what makes me believe that change in society comes from individuals. You've, not, not from how you use people to do things, but from how an individual begins to define themselves. And the moment I did, decided to define myself, I knew what was my role was what my role was in relation to our people, to the struggles that we faced, and all that it, what it really needed was, you know, I was 10 years old when I joined YWCA, mm. and when I got to be introduced to books and libraries, the, the Dube Library, I mean, the leaders in the community, what, what I bemoan today is the absence of leadership in our communities, in fact, throughout our society. We, we've gone to a different... A strange place where we are where unless you're a politician you don't have a voice mm. and I think it's I think it's dangerous I think it's dangerous that the only leaders who seem to be recognized are leaders who are standing from a political platform I think that civil society voice the, the women's voices the church voices all those voices that, that actually make me who I am the women who took responsibility for me YWCA were really civil society women who had very little themselves but had an interest in how an African child growing up as Zolam Dane would define herself and in that they created an activist the church within which I grew up that was very conscious about who they were in this space and who we as their children are going to be and our values determined who I become. And the school that I go to, Mr. Mtimkot was saying, yeah, well, you're not Wild West, you're the jewel of the worst. Mm. You know, framed the person I became. And, and therefore, when we look at society today and I look at who are leading, every time someone speaks, unless a minister goes to a crisis point, to a, to a place where there is crisis, people don't feel leaders are there. And it's part, and I think, and, and I know I'm getting all over the place, but I, I think it's part of how we defined leadership post-1994. We pulled all the leaders into parliament. So unless we're in parliament, you didn't matter. So I'm really, I would say growing up, I would say I'm a product of leaders at all levels. Political leaders, Stephen Bantubikos, a young girl growing up in the church, you, you, you're given responsibilities. Mm. So as a young girl growing up, I'm given responsibilities right through at school, at home, at community centers, at, and, and we're highly organized. That's the other thing that we don't see now. We're organized because you, you, you don't only have school to go to, you also have the youth club to go to, you also had the music thing that we're interested in, but you also had debate. So we really were very, very busy as a generation of young people. But we were busy because we had leaders who were interested in who we are. And speaking of leadership, and you know, um, honestly for me, um, I guess because it was at a time when I was already born, although I must have been a very young child <laughs> still at the time. But June 76 is something that I've always taken a great interest in. And I always say people should tell their stories because there are various mm. stories to come out of that. Yes. There isn't just the one story um, to be told because this came from all angles, you know, um, and, and, and converged, was meant to converge at one point. So 
if you will, just talk us through, you know, your story of June 76. My story, when I tried to tell my story, Sakina, and when I, when I wrote my book, I'm not a writer, but I had to tell the story. And the reason I, had to, I didn't have to tell my story, I have to tell the story of my context and what brought it about. The reason for that is what I was saying to you earlier. Ego takes over. It becomes a male story. And male story has too many heroes. And that's part of the problem. June 1976 does not start with any hero. It starts with young people determined to change their circumstance and the circumstances of the children coming behind them, like yourself. So that generation, it, when you think about it, we're finishing high school, it didn't affect us. The issue of Africans did not directly affect us. It affected the children coming behind us. And therefore it affected the ability of the African child to take a place in society. And that's why we took a stand. We took a stand on that for, for that reason. And from where I stand, my June 16 is full of mamas and papas, is full of the women that we ran from when we were running from Regina Mundi, chased by the police. We ran into their homes and they defended us. It's full of the woman who particularly got out of her house when the police were in her yard and they knew a number of us had run into her house. She stood out and she said, you're not touching a hair out of any of these children whilst I'm here. You have to go through me. And if you want the kids, you're going to have to take me first. I don't know her name. I don't know who she was. But I know she is part of my context at that time. And she's part of what made it possible. Because when we ran into the streets, we didn't just run into the streets. We ran into people's homes. But also, it's, it, it, it's so important that we realize that the ordinary teachers, uh, in fact, the teachers were not just ordinary, they were very important, because the teachers conscientized us. You know, those of us who did history as a subject knew that we had to contend with two streams, and in our brains, we had to separate these things, but remember them. We had to remember the history that we wrote for examination, and we had to remember the history of who we were. Now, it took teachers who were interested in saying, for the exams, I want you to write the following facts. Now, for life and for who you are, I want you to remember this is who you are. This is where Shaka fits into your history. This is 1652 happening. This is the taking over of your country. So your, your conscientization and your politicization continued in the classroom, but it continued because the teachers cared enough about the kind of kids we were to, you know, to, to, to become or the kind of leaders we were to become. So my June 16 is full of my church, um, is full of the people who supported me at my church, is full of, also is full of people like Stephen Bantubiko, who mm. big as they were, took the time to invite people like us to be part of the Sasso BBC conference, that big Sasso BBC conference. I remember it because I was part of it. And it's a year before that Stephen Van Dubigo was killed. And all of those people became, be influenced the kinds of decisions I personally would make. Now you could hear, there's another June 16 that is completely manipulated. There's a, a June 16 that says there's a group that's sitting somewhere in exile and they decide kids are going to do one, two, three and they bring it here and the children do it. 
Now, that is a June 16 that's completely taken. It's taking out people's ability. There's a danger. The reason I wrote my book is the danger. The danger is if people don't know, don't remember Mm. that they freed themselves, they will always be looking for a messiah to free them. It worried me a lot, and it still does, that until and unless our people remember that they themselves took off the chains. Our narrative at the moment is liberation movements took off your chains. Mm. Liberation movements are not there without people making decisions for themselves. I did not sit in prison because the liberation movement said to me I should. I would not have survived. When I went down into prison, when finally we were convicted after our trial, which took about a year, when I was finally convicted, I went down there saying, my flesh you will have, my body you will have, my spirit you will never touch. And it is that spirit that's molded by people, ordinary people, in townships and leaders who cared. And that you can't touch. I I can grow up, I, I knew I'd grow up to be anything I wanted to be. If I died in the process, that was my decision. So the ownership of freedom is important that people always remember they can. And you can see it in South Africa today. Mm. Anything goes wrong. They're calling for a messiah somewhere. They're calling for a minister to come and help. People call for a messiah even when they say, my toilet doesn't have a door. Now, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the kind of people we have become in this country. But it has to do with who owns our freedom. We don't own it. Other people own it. And they keep telling us how they freed us. Then we will be always looking out for other people to come and free us. Well, this morning we're in conversation with the phenomenal Spongilem Kabela, and um, she is in studio with me. And of course, we'll open the lines 0891-104208 so that you can engage as well. Alternatively, you can get in touch with us via SMS on 34701. Tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. And um, just looking at some of your messages already coming through here, Humoto uh, Maluleke says um, the role and voices of women are subdued by men, and such platforms are vital in bridging the ideological gaps that exist in society. Kululego um, uh, says, um, unsung hero in the studio, uh, together with Braish, the country is still rich, so not all is lost at this point. And Anon Cognito says, please ask, have you and your peers emulated the leaders that groomed you? And are you leaders in your own old communities so those are some of the messages that have come through we'll continue uh, reading more of those and also taking your calls after the break right now though it's 8 30 and time for the latest news with uh yeah, Bosakina, looking ahead in the 9 o'clock bulletin, latest figures reveal that almost 60 police officers have been killed since the beginning of the year nationwide. But more on that story at 9 o'clock. Here's a wrap of some of our top stories this morning. Public protector Tulima Donzela will today release her findings on the passenger rail agency of South Africa, Prasa. A man suspected in the shooting of two Hillborough police officers has been killed in a shootout with police in Gibbys Town in Johannesburg this morning.
Midupi Power Stations Unit 6 in Lipalale, Limpopo is now fully operational. Nine men are expected to appear in the George Magistrates Court this morning on charges of public violence. And Asian stock markets have fallen sharply in early trade as fears continue over China's economic health. More news at 9 o'clock. Traffic on SAFM, your trusted guide to the road ahead. Well, very good morning. Let's start in uh, Johannesburg. Jan Smuts, yet another crash uh, by the zoo. We had a couple late last week on Friday, one after the other. Uh, this morning, a pedestrian has uh, been knocked down there opposite the zoo. So if you're coming off the mic one, uh, onto Jan Smuts and driving north through to Rosebank, uh, expect some delays. There's uh, even bigger problems further up on Jan Smuts. No traffic lines are bumper, so uh, moving through Rosebank towards Randburg or coming in from Randburg, Craig Hall, it's heavy. Uh, even William Nickel coming down through from Sandton being caught up as you come down into uh, Hyde Park Corner this morning. Uh, no traffic lights on Malabongwe at uh, Cosmo City at Kaya Sand and also Malabongwe and the N1. So, you know, three sort of separate queues along Malabongwe as you try to route uh, through towards the uh, the Randburg area. And a crash on the R21 North blocking most of the lanes at Bups Fontaine Road this morning. If you're leaving the airport, uh, going to hit a really big backlog from around about Atlas Road uh, and then very slow up through Pomona Road and through the Benoni exit uh, all the way. The uh, alternative sort of R23 all jammed up as well. A motorist coming from Bridell not wanting to get off into the R21 and others on the R21 pouring off. So that R23 going through to Pretoria Road to Vitfontaine, uh, very heavy. So the side road and the highway all backed up. Uh, Olifunz Fontaine, still a disaster moving through from the Blue Hill side towards the N1. Stationary truck at Samrand on the N1 south, backing traffic from John Foster. And no traffic lights this morning on Limwood and Camellia. Uh, so it's very heavy from Simon Vermouten, Solomon Mishlangu side on Limwood Road driving towards the uh, N1 highway through that area. Uh, Durban, no traffic lights on Queen Nundi Drive at the N2. Queen Nundi Drive is backing up at the N2 heavy from uh, just after Inunda Road. As you go up, you'll struggle to get off on the off-ramp there. And then further up, uh, you've got the pressure on the N2 going into a gateway to change as well. Uh, Cape Town's N1, it's easing up a little bit. It was backed up when, I think we last spoke to, about Eustonburg to Brighton Road, Cryfontaine side, really heavy. Uh, that's eased up, but it is heavy. The N1 into Cape Town from the R300 all the way through to the uh, CBD area this morning. Uh, Govan and Becky that was closed in Younger because of protesting, that has since been reopened. And Port Elizabeth's N2 still very slow. It's the roadworks. It's the single lane section N2 east going to Stanford Road. And that's got you backed up still towards the uh, Cape Road interchange. Very heavy through the Cotswold area. Rob Byrne, AM Live, Traffic Watch. The March of 1956 by the women of South Africa paved the way for the recent and future generations of women to not only help build this country, but also take advantage of the many opportunities that were once the sole realm of men. SIBC News celebrates the power of our women. The Chancellor of the University of the Western Cape, Archbishop Tawamahova, invites you to nominate candidates for the prestigious UWC Chancellor's Outstanding Alumni Awards. The awards are presented to UWC alumni who have made outstanding contributions in their field of study and towards nation building. To find out more, please visit our website uwc.ac.za forward slash alumni or contact 021-959-2143. The deadline for nominations is Monday the 7th of September. Is the Department of Transport advocating a new road accident benefit scheme? 
Yes, the new proposed road accident benefit scheme is a no-fault based system that will replace the road accident fund. It seeks to address the many challenges compromising the RAF's effective and efficient delivery on its mandate. The scheme will ensure that benefits intended for road crash victims get to them and their dependents. That's why the Department of Transport is introducing the RABS. Together, we move South Africa forward. And time now to cross over to Rowena Bird to find out what's coming up on Morning Talk. Hi, Rowena. Hello, Sakina. Happy Monday to you. Coming up on Morning Talk today, the CRL Commission has announced plans to probe dangerous church practices like feeding congregants snakes, hair, and other objects. We'll talk about that. I think but the more pressing question, Sakina, is what kind of person actually allows themselves to be put through that. Anyway, anyway, that's coming up on the show this morning. And Pierre Kurunzinza has been sworn in as Burundi's president for a controversial third term in Power. And this follows last month's disputed elections. They were boycotted by the opposition. The inauguration ceremony happened a week ahead of schedule. The question is why? We'll get to the bottom of that. And we'll also talk about President Jacob Zuma's call for a war on drugs. That and a whole lot more coming up on Morning Talk between 9 and midday. Thank you, Sakina. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Well, the lines are open and, and much more to get to and time being the enemy right now. But let's just run through as much of it as we can. Uh, Justice for All says, uh, this is a revolutionary talk, Sakina. Talk that empowers us and makes it easier for us to claim our history. I love it. Tabiso says, thoroughly enjoying Ms. Pongile. Very refreshing perspectives. Uh, the purest of Natal um, has a bit of a challenge. Says, but the same old heroes and heroines who fought blood and tears to get us where we are are nowhere to say enough on the attacks that happen on people like Tuli Matonsela. Tebza uh, Ian Mashiko says, I'm in love with your guest and I'm getting a free lesson from a phenomenal woman that she is indeed. And um, uh, Unati Kwaza wants to know the name of your book. Says, I love reading and knowing about our people's real history. Tlotisong Puti says, interesting that your guest emphasized the fact that the church used to have a voice. They have been silenced now. See us now? And I guess this is the question that so many people are asking. Where's the church? Where are the other community leaders in this day and age? Azania Native says, your guest is powerful. I agree fully with her. The people liberated themselves. And many others coming through. I'll take a break from that and uh, we'll come back to read more of your messages. Um, just a response maybe to the two questions uh, that you Where can answer right now. Where are the leaders? Where are the leaders? It's, it's a question that puzzles me all the time. Having grown up with just leaders everywhere, I think it's the way in which the narrative has now been you know, designed and told. It, it has taken the shape, the shape and format of unless you hold a political position, unless you hold any other position, you are not a leader. I think we do need to you know, reposition what leadership is including people in corporate sectors you know we know we know the time when even people in corporate sectors were leaders in their communities we we've reached a very weird space and i don't think we should allow it i think as a society we need to reclaim our space and have our leaders speak out it is it's it shocks me as it shocks everybody else that 
uh, the Tulima Doncellas and others stand alone. That when we, even when we look at women, we have never been at, at, at a point in our history where women are as unorganized as they are today. If you take out Women's League, which is a political formation, where else do we have women's voices? Now, I told you about YWCA or Mama Kuzuai. Mm. The voices of women are everywhere in our story until around 1994-1995. The bigger voices are silenced or we silence ourselves as we hand over, and I think we did, we hand it over to the political, um, you know, um, what is it, elite to mm. lead. That is wrong. No society can ever be led by a single perspective. Societies are led by the multiplicity of ideas and diversity of ideas. South Africa is sitting in a weird space. We can't allow it to happen. We have to reclaim the voices of, of, of business, the voices